good. If you're a guest, we are in the middle of walking through Isaiah 61, pretty much, I don't want to say verse by verse because we're only on verse 2, and we've done it for five or six weeks. So line by line, maybe. Uh, So today we are actually going to get to verse 2. So uh, that's exciting. We have completed verse 1 of Isaiah 61, and it is so rich, and it is so life-giving. We've been looking at who the Spirit of God is, who the Holy Spirit is, and that He has anointed us as His children. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're now a child of God, just like that song said that's so powerful. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to to live. I'm not afraid of anything in this world because I am now a child of God. And so I don't have to be a slave again to fear, but I've been made a son or a daughter of the King. And because of that, the Lord, it says, has anointed us. He has smeared and rubbed His presence and His character into our lives so that we can proclaim the good news to the poor, so that we can, we can demonstrate and speak and live out uh, the good news of Jesus, that it's for those who are not just financially poor, but who are spiritually poor, who are emotionally poor, who are relationally poor, who are uh, whatever kind of way they're lacking, that we want to bring the good news of Jesus. And then a couple weeks ago, before our camp testimonies last week, we looked at binding up the brokenhearted and freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, that the anointing is upon us to bring wholeness to people. The anointing is, is in our lives so that we can release that. And even last week we talked about freely receiving and freely giving, that what we have received we get to pass on. And so when you get life, like if, if just that, you know, here's the deal about if you're a guest, if you're not familiar what uh, what Sharon was just sharing was a prophetic picture and a prophetic word. It was a prophetic message, a message from God. And, you know, there's sometimes where you hear a message and it, it may just go right over you. You go, oh, that's not where I'm at right now. And then there's other times where it just hits you right in the, Ugh, and you go, oh, that was for me right there. And so if you got life released upon you today, Find somebody else to speak life over. You know, when you receive something, man, we just got that last week, but when you get something from God, find somebody real soon and give that away. Because that's how you get more. That's how the kingdom works. It's like you give and it will be given unto you. And so, when you know, if you find peace, then release peace to someone. If you, you know, are receiving forgiveness, then forgive somebody. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. I mean, it's, it's just whatever you have, pass it on to someone else. Freely you've received and freely give. And so today we're in verse 2. Uh, let's just read the first three or four verses here. Isaiah 61, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God as we read it right now. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead 
of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so that's just verses one through three. One through three is so exciting. It's like, how can we even get to four? Uh, some of you will be wondering how we can get to four here when we're in like October, right? <laughs> how do we get to verse four? <laughs> so, man, it is so good. It's so rich. I, we want to, I want to look today and this may be a little bit different, but there's a, there's a little phrase in here, uh, release from darkness for the prisoners. And in verse two, it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And so there's a, those are two like really interesting statements that are made right in the middle of Isaiah 61. Uh, we love hearing about the first one and we're, we wondering what the second one is most of the time. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now right here, what I see is a demonstration of the nature of God. The words are, there's very specific wording. I don't think anything in the Bible is by accident. I don't think God just happened to just, ah, this just sounds good. Let's just throw it together. No, I believe the Bible was inspired by God himself, the Holy Spirit. And so that the words are specific there. And it says two words there. It has year and day. You notice that? There's year and day. One, a, a, a year compared to a day is... 300, at least in our calendar, 365 and a quarter, you know, leap year, 365 and a quarter days long. <laughs> Every four years we catch up with those quarters. It would be really hard to have a quarter of a day. Uh, how would you do that? Uh, let me move on. So you've got a year and a day. And what do you have in the year? What does it say there? Favor. Favor for a year. What's one day? Vengeance. So right there, that tells me something about the nature of God. That God, number one, God has favor and vengeance. He has both those things. But one is passed out 365 times more than the other, so to speak. The favor of God... The nature of God is grace and favor. Another, you know, a, a word for grace in the New Testament is unmerited favor, unmerited blessing, undeserved favor on our lives. You know, when you have when you have favor on your life, I mean, it's just like things just happen for you. Have you ever walked in favor? If you've never walked in favor, I encourage you to ask God. Hey, God, I see other people walking in favor. Why am I not? And he might say, I just wanted you to ask. I don't know. <laughs> but that may be it. And so when you have favor, it's just like things just happen for you. you just, you're just blessed. You know, people just give you money. Just the things begin to work out for you. Just you're at the right place at the right time. You, you know, you get the best of something when you're at the restaurant. They just, it's extra good. I mean, did you just have favor on your life? You know, that you have open doors when you go to, to ask for something, people say yes. Hey, can I have that? And they say yes. You know, I love, uh, you know, watching, uh, he's not here today, so I can talk about him, Shane Beecham. You know, Shane Beecham has, has favor on his life. When he's out asking for donations for the cook-off, I mean, he, he just has favor on his life where he just goes to people and they just, they just give him stuff. 
You know, he's got, he's got, that's, that's the favor of God. When you just, when you just get something, you know, when you walk into, uh, what is that place? Tractor Supply. And he, he just walks in. I remember the first year he walked in there, he said, yeah, I just walked in. And hey, we're doing this fundraiser for missions. It's for orphanage in Honduras and our mission trips there. And, you know, we just see if you want to donate something. And he's like, and they, and they just say, what do you want? That's favor right there. So he goes, how about that kayak up there? How about that $600 kayak up there? And they're like, sure, you can have it. <laughs> That's what favor looks like. Okay, where it just, it's just, you know, it wasn't, the, oh man, can you please, oh please, you know. You know, when you're like, oh, you're begging for something. No, that's not, you don't, you don't beg when you have favor. It's just like, you just, you just ask. And there's, this tells you about the nature of God, that God has a, a year, compared to His vengeance, there's a year of favor. There is a time where there's like, boom, we gotta, we gotta have judgment. We gotta, we gotta set things right. We gotta, there, there is a time where it's like, time's up. But God has so much more favor than He does His vengeance. And so, I must have looked at, there's another verse that kind of confirms this, Psalm 30 and verse 5 in the Old Testament. It says this, it says, For His anger lasts only a moment, but His favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Just, just notice it's the same thing. It's the same, same thing about, you know, some people read the Old Testament and they, they just see all the times where God is angry. Yeah, it's there. God is angry at every wrong thing in our world. If it's destroying somebody, then God doesn't like it. He's angry at that. You know, that's the reason he hate, God hates sin, because it destroys people. We all know that if we're on this side of following Jesus, we know that all, all that junk was just bringing destruction in our lives. It was bringing sadness. It was bringing oppression. It was bringing addiction. It was bringing discouragement. It was bring, there was nothing good coming from that. Maybe a few moments of pleasure is all we got, but that was it. It was fleeting. It didn't last. It didn't stay. It wasn't a year. It was just a, you know, it was just a moment. So it's like we know that stuff is behind. God has to be against that. He has to stand against it. If God's good, He has to say, no, no, no. If He's really good, if He's really a good judge, what kind of judge would we think, what would we think of a judge if everybody came in and all the guilty people got to go free? They just said, you know, it's no big deal. I just want to, you know, it's all just love, man. Just, just let them go. Right, Terry? You know, it's just gonna, it doesn't matter if you break any law. There's no big deal. It, I know it affected lots of people and hurt lots of people, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna let you go. We vote those judges out if we're allowed to vote on them. We try, we, protest them you know nobody wants a judge like that but then some people when they come to god and he's standing against everything that's wrong they're oh god's oh he's why is he so such a bad god why is he why is he such an angry god no he's good it's because he's good that he must stand against evil he must stand against anything harmful. He must stand against anything that is not a part of His perfect plan. And I am so thankful. You know, it says that God, God's favor lasts a lifetime. Man, God, 
God gives, gives every single person a whole lifetime to receive Him. A whole lifetime to respond to Him. You know, in the New Testament, it's interesting. I want us to go there. Luke chapter 4. If you haven't been with us, uh, we've been talking how Jesus quotes the Scripture in the New Testament and says this has been fulfilled. He quotes Isaiah 61 in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16 or 18. And, uh, you know, he quotes Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus stops. Then Jesus stops and he doesn't say the next line from Isaiah 61. Now here's the deal. We can look at this two ways. Jesus just got tired of reading. Okay? (laughs) How many think that's the case? We just got tired of reading and said, that's enough. I'm just going to stop reading the Bible. No, I think there's a reason that Jesus stopped in the middle of that verse. And I think, you know, as was mentioned recently, I do believe there's a a certain part of, you know, God, when Jesus died on the cross, let's just say that he did take God's vengeance upon himself. He took the wrath for sin. He took God's anger for sin upon us. But I don't think that's all that's that's involved in this, this verse. Jesus didn't say that verse because it hadn't been completed yet. What that means is once Jesus proclaimed this, he was now proclaiming, now is the time of favor. We are living right now in the time of the grace of God. You know, have you, you know, have you ever noticed that, I may mess up some of your theology here, okay? I'm just going to warn you. And if you want to disagree, uh, you're, you're free to disagree. Um, there's a lot of people that are always talking about God's judgment. Have, have you met some of those? You know, where it's, where it's always, God is going to, God's going to bring judgment. 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 And then it keeps not coming, right? There's, well, sure, there's, there's some things that look like, you know, we can start blaming God for all the bad things and call them judgment. But then we, we start making God look like he's just ticked off about everything and all he does is bad stuff. And nobody wants to follow that God. Nobody wants to sing, oh, you're a good, good father, except when you, when you beat the you-know-what out of me. Why is that? I believe it's because we're in the time of the favor of God. You know, in the Old Testament, it says this. It says that the, the people of God, they were, you know, Abraham got called to have the promised land, right? And he became the father of the people of God. So there's this whole family that became the, the nation of Israel. And it says, there's a very interesting scripture in the Old Testament where it says that they couldn't go into the promised land because the fullness of the sins of the people of the land had not been fulfilled. And they had to wait 480 years before God said, enough, 
That to me is being really patient. That to me is, is a lot of patience. When God says, I'm going to give you, how many generations is 500 years? I mean, what is a generation considered? 70 years, we'll just say 70 years? Maybe, not, not then, I agree, but we'll just call it for our, you know, 50 to 70 years. So that's uh, 500 years divided by 7 is 7 generations, 7 to 8 generations. So, I mean, is that, is that unreasonable? That after 7 or 8 generations, and they refuse to change, they're, they're sacrificing little babies on altars and killing them to worship their false gods, that God finally says, enough. I think most of us would think, you know, it's reasonable to say, that evil has to stop. That has to stop. If I'm, if I, if I'm, if there is any good in me, I have to say, no, that's wrong. And that's when God finally said, now is the time for vengeance, for judgment. And he sent his people in and they cleared out the land as the promised land. Now that's in the Old Testament. We don't, we're not clearing out lands. We're not, we're not fighting physical battles. It was a picture now of our spiritual battle. But there is the same case today that when Jesus stood up and said, hey, now's the year of the Lord's favor. There's... There, it's just like the days of Noah. It's all good. But there is a time where Jesus says there will be a day. There will be a day. All throughout the, the, the New Testament. I want us to read. There, all throughout the New Testament, there is so many references to the day. And I believe it's talking about and referencing a little bit of part of what Isaiah 61 is saying. It's like the, there is the day of vengeance of our God, where every wrong will be made right. It's not against His children. It's not against His people. That's not what it's about. We've been freed from that. Hallelujah. That's good news right there. It's good news. Hey, you can be totally free from that. You deserve everything, but you don't get what you deserve. Right? That's mercy. Not getting what you do deserve. So the mercy of God says, Hey, you know, I poured all that out on my Son, and you don't have to receive it. You don't have to receive judgment for all the wrong things you've done. But there is a day when time ends, when, when, it's, when it's game over, when, when the buzzer sounds. All throughout the New Testament, they say the day of the Lord or the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, this day, the day. You know, there's a year of favor. And in fact, I think it's symbolic. It's not just saying one year. It's just saying there's, it's a season. It's a time. It's a, it's a period. We're, we're living in that period now. And the goal, of course, is for us to spread the message of, hey, there's good news. You can receive God's favor right now. He's pouring it out. He's pouring out grace. He's pouring out mercy. He's pouring out love. But there is a day where it's game over. The clock's run out. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2 says this, For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, what does that mean? When you're not expecting. Right before that it says, Hey, no one knows the day or the hour. 
Even when Jesus was on earth, he said, he said, I don't know. I don't even know. Only the Father knows. Just a good reminder when you hear somebody say, hey, I know the day. I got it. I got a revelation from God, April 26th, February 30th. Okay, February 30th. Jesus is coming back on February next year on February 30th. Okay, I mean, and people believe it, right? People buy books about it. They, they go, they start getting concerned. You know what? You know, I saw this sign in heaven. I figured this out and I found the secret message when you turn your Bible upside down and when you read it backwards, it tells me the date. I mean, there's it's so ridiculous, but, but we buy into it. And so sometimes people buy into it. And, you know, but there is actually a day. And it's going to come when nobody's expecting it, says in the New Testament. Go to the next one, sir, if you would. Second uh, Peter 3.10 says, But the day of the Lord, again, will come, what, like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So what's going to happen on that day? It's, it's game over for, it, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be an end. You know, we don't talk about this in church much anymore, do we? <laughs> That's what happens when you just preach through the Bible is you get to something, you go, oh, we have to talk about that now, right? <laughs> I don't have to decide. I just go with what the, the scripture already says. First Corinthians 1, 7 says, Here's the, here's the good news right here. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Verse 8. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless. What? On the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, there's not just a negative on the day of the Lord. There is a positive where he says, I'm going to hand out rewards. I'm going to find you blameless on that day. Everybody who has the Son is totally blameless. Totally blameless. And there's going to be a day where we're all standing up. Man, that's going to be a celebration. Man, when you come up, when you're a son of the son or a daughter of the king, and you stand right there, and Jesus stands up and says, Yeah, right there, that's one of mine. And all of heaven's going to go, Yes! And God's going to say, That one is blameless. That one is pure. That one is totally perfect. Come on in to your reward. So the day's not just bad, it's good. Last scripture. There's a whole lot more, but I'm just bringing you four or five of them. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award when? On that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. As a believer in Jesus, we can look forward to that day personally. It's not a, not a, it should not be, it does not need to be a point of fear in our lives because we're no longer a slave to fear. You know, sometimes I'm preaching in the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus. There was a time in the church where it was, you know, you preach that to make people scared and get saved, right? That's, I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is for us to be aware that it's coming and for us to be encouraged to go, you know what? I am going to proclaim the soon coming King Jesus, the fourth square of the four square gospel, the crown. That's what that symbol rec- 
represents, by the way, of four square is the soon coming king. And what does that motivate me? It says, you know, it motivates me to know that there is a day and be aware that I want to share the good news because there is a day. And I want as many people as possible to be declared blameless on that day. You know, it's a day of celebration. It says on that day that Jesus will bring, bring judgment on the devil. He'll bring judgment on death. And he'll bring judgment on even Hades, the grave, and say, you know what? You're done. You're gone. I'm getting rid of you. Forever you're going to be gone. It says, and then after that, it says in Revelation, you know, behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Because it says on the day, everything's going to be burned up. There's going to be a huge destruction of our world. It's not going to exist anymore as we know it. But it says, hey, there's going to be something new. There's going to be something better. There's going to be something greater on that day. So since we're living in the time of grace, we get to give grace. We get to live grace. We get to hand out grace. We get to share about grace. We get to extend grace. We, we get to infect people with grace. That's, that's, our, that's our goal. We want to come with love. We want to come with grace. We want to come with everything that is winsome, that is beautiful about the kingdom of God that will, that will make people so amazed at who God is. That they're like, I want to be in that family. I want to be a part of what you have. I want what's going on inside of you. You know, every wrong will be righted. Here's the deal. That's why, you know, you know it says in, in the Scriptures, it says, you know, you don't have to take revenge. Leave room for God's, God's retribution, basically. God's vengeance. You know, in other words, there is, there is nothing wrong that won't, ever, that won't be righted by God. No one will get away with anything. There's going to be... There's no one's going to slip through the system. Nothing's going to get by and, you know, there's going to be no loopholes. You know, there's no legal loopholes that where someone gets off and they don't deserve. You know, every single thing that is wrong will be accounted for on that day. And likewise, there will also be no one who's a child of God who deserves anything that's given to them. (laughs) Every wrong thing that we deserve to receive punishment for, to receive something back for, to be pushed away for, Jesus stands up and says, I receive that on the cross for me. So I believe in, in many ways there's a double fulfillment of the day of vengeance of our God. Part of it was fulfilled on the day of the cross of Jesus Christ, where He took upon Himself the sin of the world where He took upon God's anger for everything that's been wrong in this world that we've participated in and said, guess what? It's by grace through faith. Everybody who receives me gets the benefit of my favor 
But there is a side that says, hey, if you refuse my favor over and over and over and over again, I will honor your wishes. God will honor everybody's free will to the very end. And if you say no, there is judgment on the day of the Lord. It's only one day. The favor is a lifetime. The favor is on and on and on forever into eternity after that day. But there is a day. And nobody gets out of that day. Nobody. And so I want my heart to be tender. You know, it, some people begin to get motivated, then they try to use that, you know, like I said before. And I think it was, it's always been well-intentioned. I don't think, I think most preachers, most people have been well-intentioned in what they do. They, they weren't intentionally uh, getting people uh, away from the Lord. You know, I grew up watching those movies uh, from the 70s or 60s and 70s that, man, when you were a teenager, they'd show you that movie when you're like 12 years old. And it would be when Jesus comes back and all this crazy stuff is happening and people are getting their heads chopped off. And like, it was like, and then they'd say at the end, okay, anybody, who wants to not do that? You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> How to get everybody saved in the room right away. Like, if you don't want that, just ask for Jesus. Okay, well, I don't want that. So. <laughs> but all it was was motivated by fear. And, and God doesn't want us to be... He, he doesn't want us to be motivated by fear. He wants us to be motivated by, by love because that's what sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus wasn't afraid of the Father's judgment. He said, no, I love so much that I'm going to do something that's going to take on the Father's judgment for somebody else. It's incredible that he did that. So I want to live with just the awareness that my time, you know, we, we, we sometimes think, hey, I've got forever. Some of you who are older, you're like, well, I don't think that anymore. Okay, maybe you don't. <laughs> but we, we, we tend to generally think that. We just think, hey, I've got forever, but I don't have forever. I've got, I've got a set time on this earth, and I don't know how long it is. And I want to use all of it to where I can bring as much reward as possible to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, where there's a great celebration. I can see other people that I've brought with me. I can see family members. I can see friends. I can see you know, people that have crossed my path where they've been influenced to say yes to Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you today for the word Thank you, Lord, that when we dig into the Word of God, we can't ignore, we just can't skip over verses and say, well, I don't want to talk about that. Lord, help us, help us receive your whole truth and nothing but the truth, Lord, that we can uh, live a life where we are aware that Jesus, you are the soon coming King. And even though we don't know the day or the hour, there is a day 
And so help us live life in view of eternity. Lord, I just pray for, a, for an eternal perspective, God. We, we've got such a, a right now perspective where we're just, hey, just want to have a good day today. I just want to have a good month. I just want to have a, a great life. Uh, but help help us see beyond just the right now that we can see, hey, there's there's something more going on here. There's there is eternal consequences for every single action and every single person and every single relationship, God, that there there can be something of eternity, Lord, and we can choose to speak life or we can choose to allow the bones to stay dead. Lord, we can choose to prophesy and say, Come alive, bones. But we can go, oh, that's, that's not, not, not going to happen. Lord, help us see with your eyes. Help us, help us speak with your heart that we might minister to those who have not heard who you really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. If you are willing to help us pass out flyers, go into our neighborhood. Would you just, if you want to come on up, we can give you some flyers and maybe a street assignment if you also need paintball forms for your young people or adults that are going come up here and and see john